your host, Braylon Williams, and welcome back to another episode of Enneagram Restored Podcast. For my faithful listeners, thank you once again for listening. For my new listeners, I hope you enjoy this episode. So today I'm going to go just a little bit deeper into the basics of type two. And at the end, I'm going to offer some practical advice that twos can take that will allow them to help themselves before they help other people. So I want to start by giving just some background information about type twos. So as we all know, twos are known as the helper. Um, Twos operate under this unconscious quid pro quo arrangement. It it goes like this thing, unconsciously saying, um, I'll be there for you as long as you promise to be there for me without my having to acknowledge or ask you for help. Twos want to please everyone um, simply because of the wounding message that they subconsciously picked up as kids, which is having and expressing their own needs will lead to humiliation and rejection. Uh, some Just some qualities about twos is that they are warm, people-pleasing, caring, and generous people whose basic fear is being unloved and unwanted. Uh, twos really crave relationships. So let's talk a little bit about the levels of health of a two. At, at, at their best level of health, twos are unselfish, humble, and altruistic people who just give so much unconditional love to themselves and others. A healthy two uh, can name their own needs uh, and feelings without the fear of losing relationships. Healthy twos have an appropriate have appropriate boundaries and create comfortable, safe spaces for others. Also, healthy twos are very aware that their true self exists beyond relationships, that their true self exists within their own feelings, their own emotions, their own needs, their own wants, and that it their true self does not exist in correlation to who they know and how they form those relationships and how those relationships are nurtured. A healthy two is aware and understands that their true self goes beyond relationships. But for an average level of health, twos become to start at this point where they want to draw closer to others. It, at average level is where a two starts to people please. They become overly friendly. Um, and at this level, twos begin to become convinced that expressing their own needs and feelings will automatically threaten the stability of the relationships. Average twos are very generous people. However, they often expect something in return for their efforts. Again, a quid pro quo arrangement, mostly which is understood unconsciously inside of two's mind. But this expectation can be both unconscious 
as well as consciously thought of. A two can say, all right, I'll help you and in their mind know that, all right, if I help you, this is what I expect in return. But for the most part, a lot of twos help people without realizing that they have an ulterior motive to their helping, that they don't realize that they're helping people because they want something in exchange. A lot of twos just believe that they're helping people because they love to help people. But oftentimes, average twos are just unaware of that. That They are just unaware that the cause behind their helping behavior is actually a, has an ulterior motive to it. They, they again, they just think that they help people because they love to do it. They they help people because it's with, it's within their bones. It's with it, <coughs> excuse me. It's a part of their genetic makeup. They don't. A lot of average twos don't think that they help because they want something in exchange. At the average level of health, twos have poor boundaries and, and they they just really only know themselves in relation to other people. They don't really understand that they are someone without other people. They 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 just average level twos really don't understand their true identity just yet. They they believe that their identity is set within the relationships they have with people. So a lot of times twos will try to become friendly with higher up people because they think that's their identity. They think that their relationship defines their identity. So they don't really, again, they experience their true selves at this moment until they become healthy. They experience that their true self is quote unquote set and tied to their relationships and not really to their own beliefs, their own personalities, their own emotions and feelings, their own thoughts, but rather that their true self at at this average level of health is is tied to um, other people, tied to the people that they know both um, platonically, platonically and romantically. Uh, it's all tied within that: the family, the friends, the girlfriend, the boyfriend, the fiance, the husband, the wife. And the two just does not, at an average level, it really does not comprehend that their true self is not tied to that relationship. But it gets, but before. I go into talking about where a two goes to into in times of disintegration and times of growth. Um, let's let's take a moment to take a look at the unhealthy level of a type two. So, unhealthy twos are codependent, very manipulative, and self-serving. Unhealthy twos instill guilt into other people by telling people how much they owe them. At this level, at this unhealthy level, a type two person is extremely self-deceptive about their motives and how aggressive and or how selfish their behavior is. Unhealthy twos really try to earn love by meeting others' needs. It's, it's not... Uh, 
I mean, it's really defined in the level of health that it is because this thinking is very unhealthy, not only just for a two, but any other type on the Enneagram as well. Uh, that, that, that thinking that, you know, I can manipulate people. It's not only unhealthy for a two, it's unhealthy for any other type as well. It's thinking that, all right, if I help you, you got to love me. Again, that's not just unhealthy thinking for a two, but earning love by helping, by meeting other people's needs, that's unhealthy thinking for any type of the Enneagram. But this was really where a two sets in at the, at the unhealthy level. So it, it really does come to light very much for a, a type two person at, who's unhealthy. But again, one thing I just love about the Enneagram is that it, it's really a continuum. And so while there's this one type, we all experience that type as well. So even though I'm an eight, I still have two tendencies. And so it, it's good to know that, all right, this is unhealthy for a two. Okay. But even though it's very much exaggerated inside two's life, I can see that aspect my life as an eight all right so let's watch out for that let's let's not let, let's stray away from that unhealthy thinking that unhealthy behavior so that's why i really i really set on the mindset i really talk about the mindset that the enneagram does not define you because the enneagram is really a continuum it is a very long line of t personality types while we all have the one main type we all experience every other type. So while I'm an eight, I experience traits of ones, threes, twos, five, six, sevens, and nines. That's why I say the Enneagram does not define you because it cannot define you. Because again, we all experience different traits of each type. We just have one core type that we are. So it's it's hard for a personality test to uh, define you if we if you experience all those personalities. So that, that's a little side tension there, but the unhealthy thinking of a two is not good for anyone, but it's especially not good for someone who's a type two. So let's talk about stress security and how twos deal with shame. So when twos are moving in the, in the direction of disintegration, when twos are experiencing a time of stress, they, they take on the energy of an aggressive and dominating eight. However, when moving in this direction of growth, when twos become you know healthier, um, they start to become more like self-nurturing and emotionally aware fours. It's really a good place to be to understand your emotions and to know that, all right, I need to love myself first. Um, it, it, and for anybody who listens to this, to this podcast, who's listened to this episode, if you're a two, that, that's my challenge for you is to just strive to become like that. Strive to become self-nurturing and, and emotionally aware because I, I know that as a two, you really struggle with, you know, understanding your own needs and feelings because that's just kind of how your makeup is. But my challenge is to you that is that you will strive to become 
aware of your emotions, that you will strive to become aware of your needs and be able to point them out in your life and to identify them and to really label them so you know what it is. And so I encourage you that when you are able to identify those feelings, to identify those needs, um, to really write them down so you know and can have a like a journal sort of kind of to reference back in future times are all right at this time in my life i, I recognize that this this was a, this was a feeling that i'm having do, do i see it now so write it down if it's a paper journal or if, if, if it's just the notes app on your iphone write it down so you, you can reflect on it um that's one thing that i found in just you know um, my pursuits to become a better person is that writing stuff down that I recognize by myself and then going back and then like just by happenstance picking it up again. It's like, oh, I remember I wrote that down. That, that was something I was thinking then. That was something I was feeling then. Oh, how that feeling has changed now. Oh, I accomplished that goal. That, that's nice to check off that list. So highly encourage you to write down when you become aware of these emotions, when you are able to pinpoint your needs, when you are able to pinpoint your feelings, uh, especially since you are too, and how, because knowing that, um, it, how hard it is for you to identify your own feelings is as a type two, that, that really encourage you to, when you are able to pinpoint a feeling or multiple feelings to write them down. But as I said before, each type of the heart triad deals with shame in a different way. For for the gut triad, it was anger. The eight still with anger in one way, nine still with it in one way, and one still in one way. Uh, so each triad has this one fit, this one emotion that it's kind of like the dominating emotion that takes over when um, the types within that triad start to lose themselves and so for um the heart triad that emotion is shame so threes deny their shame fours try to control their shame by focusing on how unique they are as a person and twos attempt to control their shame by getting other people to like them and getting other people to think of them as good people so the idea of a two attempting to control the shame is significantly tied to their basic fear of being unloved and their desire for close relationships. So this need to control their shame is also why a two will help as much as they can, why a two will give as much as they can. Uh, because the thinking is for a two is that if they can give enough to others, if they can help people enough to show that they are a good person, then they they then can control their shame through the process. If they can say, all right, I'm this good of a person because I helped this many people, they somehow believe that this quiet that quiets their shame, that it it dissipates their shame. And so it is this attempt, again, I say attempt because they're not really controlling their shame, but it's an attempt to control their shame by doing this. So, as a two, my advice for you would be that if you're trying to control your shame, don't. <laughs> I, I know that's very kind of oxymoron, really. Um, and, and it's kind of like easier said than done. But just, just feel the shame. 
meditate in the shame. Allow yourself to really just you know, sit in the presence of shame. I can tell you that when you when you really just sit in an emotion, in, in an emotion, even it, even though it might be a very uncomfortable emotion for you, when you really just sit in it and let that emotion saturate you and meditate in the moment, it really shows you how to deal with it more and how to like just see the trueness of the situation. So sit in the shame, learn from the shame. I tell you that because I, I know that from experience there. So I, I'm not really a, an emotional person. Um, so when, when I experience emotions, it's really like, ew, yuck, what is this feeling that I'm feeling? Um, but one thing I have been practicing here a lot lately is that when I feel emotions, I, I just sit in it. I don't think, I don't try to make sense uh, of the situation. I just allow the emotion to take me over. So when I'm feeling sad, I don't think, I don't say a word. I just sit in the emotion for a moment. I allow myself to feel the sadness. It shows me a different perspective of myself. And then at the same time, when I when, when I allow myself to come out of that, you know, kind of like come out of that sort of kind of like trance moment, it, it really gives clarity on the situation of why I'm feeling that sadness. And if it's a, if, if it's a moment of happiness, it's like, I just allow myself to saturate in that feeling of happiness. And then when, when I come out of this like trance-like moment, again, it gives clarity of, of why. Okay, this is why I'm feeling that happiness because that, this great thing just happened because that just happened. So I really feel that happened because of that thing, that this great thing just happened. So my advice for you to, is just when you feel the shame, sit in the shame. Allow the shame to give you a new perspective. Don't talk about the shame. Don't think about the shame. Don't try to write the shame. Just feel the shame. Because when you when you meditate on the shame, when you come out of that moment of med meditation, that, that trance-like moment, because that's really kind of what it feels like. For me, it's like, okay, I'm being hypnotized and here I am inside of trance. But when, when you come out of that moment, allow yourself to just feel the shame will give clarity of why you felt that shame. So don't try to think about it in the moment. Just let the moment of shame overcome you. And then, it, and then when you come out of it, you will just really naturally think of it. You only have to try to think about why it is you felt shame. It It's almost naturally like, all right, this is why I felt shame. It's not really because of that, but it's because of this. You don't really have to think hard on it once you allow yourself to just feel that feeling of shame. Do you like buying merch and supporting your favorite brands? Well, now you can support any Grammar Start podcast by showing off our merch. We have socks, blankets, shirts, tote bags, mugs, and more stuff to come in the coming months. Just head over to merch.braylonwilliams.me to shop the collection of Enneagram Restored Podcast merch. Each type of the Enneagram has 
a deadly sin. I talked about the deadly sin for type eights, nines, and ones in previous episodes. Um, and for the heart triad, um, the deadly sin of a three is deceit. Uh, for a four, it's envy. And for a two, it, it's it's pride. And, and it seems strange, really. Um, ironic even to think that the type known as the helper has this deadly sin of pride strange right how can someone who's so generous generous be so pride have a deadly sin of pride it just does not make sense it's really nonsensical really but when you start to think about it and you start to really delve into the reason why it actually makes more sense so twos think that they know what others need better than what others think they need for themselves twos live in this myth of their own indispensability i, I mean it's really all 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 striking of how they think like all I've got everything I need, but this person needs this, so I'm going to help them get this. I mean, after all, how, how, how can how can you not just pat yourself on the back when, when you have almost this supernatural gift to detect what others need and, and what seems like an unlimited supply of time resource to give that to people? I mean... That's what a two thinks. A two thinks that, all right, I can, I know what she needs. I know what he needs. I know what that family needs. I know what he needs over there to accomplish his job at, at, at the hospital. I'm going to give my time. I'm going to give my resources to them. It's like, okay. Did they ask for it, though? <laughs> I mean, a, a two really just kind of jumps in and helps without being asked sometimes. But with that being said, if you ever need help with something, get your two friend because they'll be willing to help you no matter what. Um, little just kind of PSA for anybody who is a type two and wants to help people out there. So It's just that twos love saving other people, but they really just can't imagine asking for help themselves. I mean, at least not directly asking for help. Um, because underneath all, all of the pride really lies terror. Twos are terrorized uh, by this belief. It's an unhealthy belief. It's, it's an untrue belief. But twos are terrorized by this belief that acknowledging their wants results in humiliation. And that by directly asking for help results in rejection. So they take into this moment of pride, thinking, all right, I got everything I need. How can I help you? So if you're a two, I really encourage you to take note of the moments you feel pride. Of course, it's going to be exhibited every day in our life, but in, in those moments where pride just seems to really exaggerate itself in your life, 
take note of it, write it down, understand what it is you're prideful about. Is it a good thing? Is it a bad thing? And fix it. Try to fix it. Of course, I realize you won't be able to fix it all, but take some actionable steps to tone down your pride. Whether that be not helping people so much, do it. It's all about it. Again, here I am about to go. Let, let, let me go on another tangent here. The whole purpose of the Enneagram, I said this before and I'll say it again, is not to put you in this box, but to see that there's more and to see. All right, here's a frame of my personality. How can I make it better? So if you, as a two, understand that you have this deadly sin of pride, but you don't take actionable steps to become less prideful, you're not using the Enneagram to its ability. You're not as the resource as it is. You're just doing it for popularity use. And, and that's what I hesitated on taking this test. And, and and that's why I created this podcast is to say the Enneagram is not about just typing people. It's not about defining people, but it's about offering this moment of being able to say, all right, this is how I can restore my true self. This is how I can make myself better because this Enneagram shows me some good things about myself and it shows me some bad things about my personality. Here's how I can make the good better and the bad more good. The Enneagram is not a definition tool, but it's a it's an improvement tool. It's a resource to help you improve yourself and how you interact with people. Before I end today's episode, I, I want to give some Practical ways that a type two can give to themselves before they give to others. Just some tips, some advice to that will allow type twos to help themselves before they help other people. And I believe that if a two starts to practice these habits and, and any other habits like these that you might find on the internet or that you might just as a type two create yourself and work for you um i I believe that it it will in the end allow you to be able to help others more genuinely so the first tip is that you should set boundaries for yourself so twos are known for for giving more energy to others than it is needed if you're a two I want you to practice saying no. Know when to say no to helping and understand that saying no and deciding not to help someone is okay and it is not the end all be all and it is definitely not going to destabilize your relationship. As a matter of fact, it might actually help strengthen said relationship if you say no to helping. Second practical tip that I want to give to you is to practice self-love. 
learn to love yourself the way that God loves you. I have to admit that even though I'm not a type two, this is something that I myself am currently putting into practice. And I can tell you that there is a difference. I can see that there is a difference in how I see myself now compared to before I started practicing self-love. And that difference is astronomical. When you start to practice self-love, you, you will begin to see things that you want and desire emotionally, and spiritually, and vocationally. Uh, and you will be able to say, all right, here's this, this, this is this desire that I have spiritually, or this is a desire that I have vocationally, and here are some actionable steps I can take to achieve that goal. But first, you got to be able to identify that. And so, especially as a type two, it is very hard for you to um, just as your makeup to identify your own feelings and things. So being able to practice self-love and in doing that, allowing yourself to identify your needs and wants really help in that. And you will really become a more freer person. And like I said before, Take note of your current feelings, wants, needs, and goals. Write them down in a journal or in the notes app on your phone because it, 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 it's, one, if it's a goal, it, it feels good to, you know, go back and say, all right, so on this day, or a couple years ago, I wrote down, all right, I want to get this license, all right, and I achieve that goal. All right, I can mark that off. It gives that feel-good sense. Or it says, all right, at this moment, I was feeling this emotion. I didn't I know how to deal with it. I really didn't like the fact I didn't know how to deal with it. But here I am later. I'm feeling the same emotion, but I know how to deal with it now. And I really like the way I'm dealing with it. I can cross that bad feeling off. It Writing things down and be able to look at them again, especially in this area of life, really gives a more satisfaction to completion of life once you figure things out. So that, that's why I really, I really encourage you to write them down in a journal or your notes app. And not only do I offer that encouragement of writing things down for twos, I, I give that encouragement for any other type as well. Um, probably more often, I, I would really give that advice more indefinitely and more vividly for someone who's my type, for someone who's a type eight, because especially in the area of emotions and vulnerability, because the type eight is one of the top type of people who really struggle with emotions and vulnerability and just being expressive about those emotions. So I really, that would, again, write feelings down, write goals down, write needs, wants, and desires down. Write it all down. Take note of it. So like you can just, you know, feel for me, I know it's, it's a lot of time I write stuff down and then because I really most of the time write stuff inside one journal. So it's like, all right, I'm writing notes for this. I'm writing goals down for this. Oh, but a couple of weeks later, I had to go back and see what, what what note did I have on this project that happened to be inside the same journal that I wrote these feelings down? Say, oh, I felt that feeling. Then I don't feel that anymore. 
Oh, that's nice. I don't feel that anymore. Or wrote, wrote down or something, uh, an exciting event that happened. I happened to go back, look at it. It's like, oh, wow. Yeah, I remember that. <laughs> that <laughs> oh, I forgot about that detail on that event. It, it just gives a sense of euphoria when you see those things and you say, all right, I accomplished that. All right, I remember that. That was good. Right. I highly encourage you, whether you're two or not, to write stuff down. Write feelings, desires, goals, needs down. But the final practical tip that I have for type twos is that just be authentic around people. Be your true self around everyone. Again, I'm preaching to the choir when I tell you this tip. is because this is another one that I have been practicing myself i know for me that often i will display certain uh, parts of my personality certain parts of my my life depending on whether or not i thought someone needed to see that part of me you know it really comes into play when we talk about the separation of professionalism and personal life um oftentimes i would really cap off pretty much all of my personal life when talking professionally um, to, you know, just stay professional. Because I, I thought, you know, this is professional matter. They don't need to know my personal. But really here lately, I've seen my professional life and personal life really kind of intermix. And so I'm really finding the balance of sharing personal with professional and professional with personal. And so it, it really takes knowing that balance. So my, my advice to you as a type two is that you just be your authentic self around everyone. Don't don't cap off yourself. Um, don't don't alter your personality based off of the preferences of other people. Learn that. And understand that it's better to show your true personality rather than alter your personality according to someone else's preferences. Again, these are just some tips. Uh, and I'm sure that there are a whole lot more that you can find on the internet. And as well, there's probably some tips, some practical things that you as a two yourself can create for yourself that works best for you. But I believe that these tips and whatever tips you find on the internet or whatever tips you might come up with, I believe that if you start to practice them, you will see a change in how you view yourself and, and how you view your helping behaviors. And I also believe that put, putting these tips into practice will allow, to, allow you to help people more genuinely. Well, folks, that's that's all for this week's episode of Enneagram Restored. Uh, again, I thank you for listening, and again, don't don't miss out on next week's show. I'll be talking all about Type Threes, um, the Achiever. It's going to be fantastic. The performer, also known as Type Three, um, and again, and, and remember that 
the Enneagram doesn't define you. But it does bring restoration. It helps reshape your thinking and habits.